Well, good morning, New Hope Community Church. Wasn't it great to see the Perez family? I don't know about you, but it's just great to see anybody from our church, whether I'm driving around town or maybe some of you stop by and it's just so good um, to, to see one another. And so if you loved that, if you loved seeing the Perez's share their heart um, about joy this Advent season, would you just throw up some hearts and some likes and some loves um, we are going to continue to feature different families, so continue to stay tuned for our Advent series. And with that, we just want to continue to remind you to join us for Advent. Um, we have that free downloadable devotional for you and your family. Uh, typically, Advent is supposed to be celebrated and observed every Sunday leading up to Christmas. Um, but this week, we did not, uh, our family did not get a chance to do it on Sunday. And so we actually did it on Tuesday and we gathered around in our living room, um, like you see now. And uh, John led us through the devotional and we lit the candle and said a prayer. And it was just a really sweet time. And even little Ezra kind of stayed engaged. And so we just want to uh, encourage you to do this with your families, that this Christmas may look different and feel different, but with the slowness of pace that you can gather with your family and you, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, you can actually shepherd your kids in this kind of movement of looking forward to Christmas and looking forward um, to Christ's return. And so, um, jump in it's not too late this week will be week two so you get to light two candles um well i don't know about you but as i'm thinking about this christmas and reflecting like i can't believe it's december already and really i don't think i mean any of us have ever had a christmas like this in our lifetime um where i think i think of just my own life i don't think i've ever not gone to a christmas eve service i've never not been at church on a sunday morning during December. I don't think I've ever, I've always, you know, done Christmas plays and productions ever since I was a little kid. And the really fun thing about having lots of cousins, they're sending me their pictures now. Like, remember when we did this? And I'm, I'm not kidding you guys at like age six, I started like directing plays with all my cousins. Watch, take a look. <laughs> and I have this picture too. Anyways, that was what we would do as a family. We would get together and I would get all my cousins in a room and I would like, we're gonna sing this song or we're gonna do this skit and we would perform it um, for our parents. But Christmas has always been about being with family and, and having programs and, and being busy. But this year, this year is different. Um, it's a little bit more isolated. Uh, maybe it's more quiet. It's definitely more slow. And um, I would have to say that although this is not what I have expected, it, it is something that I feel like my soul has craved just to slow down and really savor Jesus in this season. I mean, we always say it, right? That Jesus is the reason for this season. Um, but truly, just to kind of like, my kids will go to bed, the house is clean, we don't have anything happening, I'll light a candle. I'm going through like a devotional. Uh, aside from my regular devotions, I'm doing like an Advent devotional on my own and just really kind of basking in this time of Christmas, um, this unique season. 
And that's my prayer um, for us this season as a church, that as a family, um, as, as parents, as grandparents, that you would have a stirring and awakening in your soul uh, for this Christmas season. Um, in 2 Peter 1.13, uh, Peter's writing to the church and he's saying, hey, I'm refreshing your memory. I'm writing these things to refresh your memory. And 2 Peter 3.1, uh, he says, hey, I'm writing these things to, to be a reminder to stimulate the good works that you are doing. And even, you know, even in the Bible, we see um, that, that we can forget. And it's good to be reminded of the joys of Christmas and the reason for Christmas. I think so many times we can just rush our way through the holiday and rush our way through the season. And, and we say all the slogans and we've heard all the stories and we've heard all the sermons. And, and it's so easy to, to become callous to the meaning of Jesus. Um, Jesus is the reason for this season. Let us not become spiritually drowsy or maybe even um, dull or cynical in this season. Um, just, just earlier this week, me and Ezra were at Kahala Mall. I had to pay a bill at Macy's and, um, you know, Ezra saw the little Santa display and he's like, oh, Santa, and there was no Santa there. And so anyways, I went into Macy's and paid my bill and then we came out and, you know, as we came out, uh, I could see that Santa was back from his break. He had his, you know, cup of uh, McDonald's, you know, to go coffee in his hand. And I just saw the backside of him and I could tell he had like a, like a real clean shave. I'm like wondering, like, that looks like a tight fade. I wonder if, you know, how old that Santa is. And he's kind of tall and not really chubby. Uh, he's got obvious, it doesn't seem like he's got a facial hair. It's just like, you know, one of those, you know, just kind of checking out Santa, like doesn't look anything like Santa, you know? Um, meanwhile, you know, Ezra's just like running over there and, um, he's so excited to see Santa. And as I'm standing there now, then my mind goes to, wow, what a weird way to, you know, do the Santa thing this year. They've got like this ginormous, like 15 foot wall, you know, 15 by 15 foot plexiglass. I'm like, how is that supposed to work? You know, what are the kids just supposed to, you know? And so as I'm having my thoughts and as I'm sitting there, you know, cynical and maybe a little judgmental, um, Ezra so cute, you guys. If you ever lose the wonder of Christmas, like have a kid or borrow a kid and just hang out with them for a day in Christmas. So I'm sitting there just kind of like, you know, whatever. And Ezra is there like, hi, hi, Santa, Santa, hi, it's me, Ezra, it's me, Ezra, it's me, hi, hi. And he was like, everybody around us was just cracking up because Ezra was like, you know me, it's me, Ezra. And it kind of reminded me of like Buddy Elf and from the movie Elf, um, but it was really, really precious and cute. And here I am, you know, with my, you know, cynicism and, you know, maybe not so much Christmas joy and Ezra's just full on lit up. And I, I, I just love that about children, that they have this wonder and excitement and expectancy and hope and joy for the things to come. Now, it may be a little uh, misplaced, but I think that we can learn um, from the kids. And I think that's why Jesus says, hey, you must be, you must be childlike. 
Um, and there's something precious about that. And so with that being said, my hope and my prayer is that we would have a little bit of that wonder, that joy, that excitement, that fresh perspective when it comes to things about Christmas this year. Um, so I wonder what it would have been like that night, 2000 or so years ago, um, where there had been previously 400 years of silence. And then all of a sudden, there begins to have a stirring. Some angel pops up to Zachariah and gives him a promise. And then we see an angel come to Mary. And, and then we, we begin to see a stirring. We begin to see that God is moving. That after 400 years of silence, that the silence is broken and that God is setting the stage for something amazing. Now imagine being shepherds in the dark field, probably sleeping, maybe already. Uh, maybe there's some shepherds standing guard in the, in the middle of the night. And then all of a sudden, you know the story. And there were shepherds in the field nearby keeping watch over their sheep by night when suddenly an angel appeared and the glory of God shone around him. And he said, do not be afraid for I bring you good news of great joy for all people that today in the city of Bethlehem, a savior has been born. I mean, can you imagine the joy? I mean, the first, the shock, I mean, the pure shock of this heavenly glory and light and holy realm and this amazing heavenly announcement uh, to plain blue collared shepherd, you know, boys, men, outcasts, the shepherds, okay? And this angel comes and says, I have good news and what's another word for good news gospel i have good news that will bring great joy not just small joy not just minimal joy moderate joy great joy and not just for the elite not just for the educated not just for the israelites but for all people man woman child every nation every every tongue and every tribe i have good news great joy for all people and 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 then the angels you know come a heavenly host appears and they sing glory to god in the highest and i can only imagine um at that point you know what that that excitement you know that the shepherds must have been feeling that that joy and i know me i i have a tendency to be super um joy and i can think back as my like childhood and like when i get excited or or maybe like like really like man, i can run really fast so i think if i was there my childlike self my childlike wonder i'd be like let's run let's run to like to to see what this is all about like i can only imagine the excitement of the shepherds receiving such an amazing uh, message but my prayer and my hope for us today church is that you you as individuals you as families you as a church as a people of god would pray for the fullness of christ this year in your life 
during Christmas time, that you would begin to pray for the fullness of Christ. We see in John 1, 14 through 16, it says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after the other. I think so many times Christmas is a season to be depleted. You know, we run around, um, we deplete all of our energy. We're super busy. Maybe we uh, put our expectations on the wrong thing and, and we're super let down. You know, we give that present and we don't get the reaction that we want. <laughs> or maybe we don't receive the things that we want. Um, we deplete our bank accounts. Um, we're emotionally drained by the end of the season. It just can be so depleting. Um, but we do not have to feel empty or depleted at Christmas time because Christ came so that we can have fullness. And just let that sink in. That the Word was God. The Word being Jesus. If you notice, that word there is capitalized. And it's talking about Jesus. The Word was God. So the fullness of that, that Word, when he says the fullness there, it's a divine fullness. It's an infinite fullness. The Word became flesh. It's an accessible fullness. It's for you and for me. He came down for us. He came, the word appeared in human form, which means his glory was seen. When Christ came, his glory was seen. It's a glorious fullness. And he didn't send an angel. He could have sent an angel. He did send messengers as angels, um, but he sent his only begotten son um, that this fullness did not just come from God, that it came through God and his only son delivers it. You know, there's been a lot, a lot of loss this season. And here I am talking about fullness, that we can have the fullness of God, that the word became flesh so that we can be full this Christmas. And I know that as, as we look around, I know some of you have um, been furloughed. Some of you have lost your job. Some of you have cut back on hours. School is just, you know, difficult and challenging. And, and I know for me um, personally, um, you, we know that, you know, last um, week, my mom, my parents uh, moved back to California. And I, I just think about you know, the different conversations, you know, all of you are so sweet and so kind to reach out to me and just send your, you know, encouraging love and, you know, your little love notes and, hey, we're praying for you. We miss your mom. And, um, and, 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 you know, one question that we are hearing is, are you guys going to move back? Like your mom's gone. Are you guys going to move back to California? And, and honestly, um, I think that there, there is a lot, there could be, you know, if we're looking to the right and we're looking to the left and we're thinking on our own strength, um, there is a lot to be discouraged about. But 
but I have this hope and I have this, for whatever reason, this full joy in my heart that God is moving, that my calling and our family being here is not dependent or contingent on my parents living here or not. Um, that I can, you know, reflect on this time in Christmas season. That when people say, are you sad? It's like, well, of course, like, you know, my, my mom's like one of my best friends. Of course I'm sad I don't get to hang out with her every day. Um, but in this season where you can reflect and you can look at the Christmas story and you can see the Christmas story is full of, of, of God positioning people where he wants them, where he, he puts it on Caesar's heart, where he's like, I'm, I want a census. So now Joseph and Mary have to go to Bethlehem, which is where Jesus has to be born. Then he puts a star in the sky where, you know, the, the wise men from the east would travel to get to where Jesus is at. He puts a dream in Joseph's heart that says, you need to go to Egypt, which fulfills a prophecy that Jesus came and and he fulfilled every single prophecy that God shifted and moved and placed people right where they needed to be in his divine power and, and for his goodwill and for his good purpose. So how could I look at my parents leaving whom I love greatly and be worried or concerned about my life, about the, the, the life and the structure of our church? No, I can have joy and I can trust that our God is worthy working and moving even in this and that there right now is a holy positioning um, in this season that that yes there are some losses and yes there are some changes and some adjustments that need to be made but don't think that for one second that the Lord is not in it and that he has in these times of adjustment in this time of hardship or maybe discouragement that there can be a supernatural fullness of of joy that it cover your life that will cover your spouse's life that will cover your children's lives and that the fullness of Christ is here and now and it is for you today to grab hold of in this Christmas season amen so when we face hardships we have this supernatural fullness of joy in Christ that we have every spiritual blessing, that we can continue to pray for the fullness of God um, to fill our hearts. So we see in Luke 2, 10, where the angel appears to the shepherds. He says, do not be afraid, for I have good news of great joy for all people. That promise is for you. That promise is for me. That promise still stands today that the gospel is here and is the power to save and it is great news. And we uh, should have full joy because of it, which means if this is true, then it should change the way we live. It changes the way we die. It changes the way we grieve. It changes the way we spend our money. It changes the way we invest our time. It changes what we put our hopes and our expectations in. We began to have a different perspective on life when Jesus came and he comes into our hearts. He steps into history. He changes everything and he is here and now he is Emmanuel for you and me today um, and that our joy 
the joy that we have because of Jesus in Christ, no matter what, our joy can become an indestructible joy. In uh, John 16, 22, Jesus says that no one would take your joy from you. Um, we see in John 15, 11, and he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And in other translations, so that your joy would be full, that you would be full of joy. I'm not telling you these things to make you scared. I'm telling you these things so that my joy will be your joy and that your joy will be complete. And I don't know about you, but this is an awesome promise that we are different there is, should be a different mark on us just by the joy that we have alone. You know, that, that while we're walking in our communities and as we're going through life, through thick and thin, through hardships and through trials and joys, um, that our joy and our hope is in Christ. Um, several years ago, maybe like four years ago, I had a chance to a visit with a, a dear friend that I grew up with and it had been a long time um, since we had hung out and so we uh, I had I was traveling passing through and so I went to her we don't live in the same state and I went to her house and it was really cute we had our kids are kind of the same age and so they're playing together and having so much fun and we just had such a great time catching up and I think probably I went first um, and so I kind of said this is all of the stuff that's going on you know and probably an hour worth of time and then she took the next hour and she's just kind of like her husband kind of passed by and she's like I'm just gonna tell her everything and the husband's like go for it and she began to just lay out you know all the different um, struggles and the seasons um, the ups and the downs of everything that they had gone through in the past um, years you know maybe five five six years and um I think toward the end, she was just kind of, she was pretty down, like, you know, all these things have kind of gone on, and I'm just, it's just been really tough. It's been tough. She loves the Lord with all of her heart, um, and so we had a chance. I said, you know, um, sounds like maybe you're lacking in, in some joy, and um, I said, I'm going to pray for you before I leave. And so we got together and I just started praying for her and she just stopped and she said, Renee, when, when you said that about joy, that is the thing that has been missing from my life. And I've never walked with Christ without that. And this season has been so tough and it's been so hard that it's been hard for me to walk in that joy and find that joy. And then she just broke. Like it was like the floodgates of heaven. You know, it was just like one of those Holy Spirit like moments. And she just broke down and started crying. And so I was like, okay, Lord, let those be like tears, like healing tears. And so I began to like intercede and pray over her. And our kids, remember, they're like running around, playing around. And so we ended up going to her dining room table and we're praying on our dining room table. And I'm just like, interceding and praying for that the joy of the Lord would be her strength and that she would you know receive the fullness of of his joy um and and as we're praying and you know she's crying we're praying and I'm like Lord Lord okay so we're like in this heavy hard duty you know heavy uh, duty you know prayer and as we're praying I hear this doo, 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 
dude, I'm like, what? And it's like, kind of like, I'm like, you know, I'm like intercessory mode here. So I like, look up. And what's happening is um, Ezra was only like, I don't know, maybe 18 months at the time. For whatever reason, he just got up on her table. It's a long table. And he starts running across her table. And then he was running back. I was like, what are you doing? He's never done anything like that. He doesn't just run on tables. And so he's just like running on this table as we're praying. And then we both just start laughing. And it was like at that moment, like the Lord broke through. And there was just this like, it was a season. It was a turn. It was a change. Like all of a sudden this joy, you know, again with little kids. Okay. So hang out with them. They'll, they'll make you laugh. Um, or make you cry. Um, but anyways, it was like the Lord did this really special uh, work in that moment. And so for you today, wherever you may be, um, the Lord sees where you're at. The Lord sees the losses that you have experienced. The Lord sees the disappointments that you have gone through. The Lord sees maybe the disheartening things, maybe that nobody else does the things that you feel like I don't even want to say it because people already know and they're just sick of hearing me say these things the Lord sees the Lord hears the Lord knows and the Lord has full fullness of joy for you today that you can walk through this season with a supernatural joy Psalms 16 11 says in your presence there is fullness of joy. Would you get in the presence of Jesus and experience that fullness of joy? He came so that you would have life and life abundant. He came so that you would have the fullness of joy in his presence, the fullness of every spiritual blessing. He came to set you free. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray this verse over you. Ephesians 3, as Paul is praying for the Ephesian church, he says this, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so, Lord, right now, as we come before you, Lord, you see where we're at. You know where we're at. And Lord, I pray right now that you would just do a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit, Lord, upon each person who is watching, Lord, where maybe our joy tank is low. Maybe we feel depleted. Maybe we feel discouraged. But Lord, there is fullness of joy in your presence. That you came so that we can have life to the full. That we, as we look back on this season of coronavirus, that it has been a season full of disappointments and unexpectedness, Lord, it has been a season of loss, but as this Christmas season comes, I pray that with it would come a joy like never before, or that we would be able to bask in the fullness of who you are, in the fullness of the promises of God that we have, in the fullness of joy that we have. And so, Lord, right now, I pray, God, for a, a just a, 
uh, breaking in the heavenlies, that you would break the spirit of depression, that you would break a spirit of suicide right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would break um, the bondage, Lord, the, the past things, maybe where the holidays have just brought up some painful memories and it's just something we don't even want to celebrate. Well, Lord, it's not about the past. It's not about those painful things, Lord. Christmas is all about celebrating the work of Christ. Lord, I pray right now that you would change our perspective, that you would give us a holy eyesight right now in Jesus name, that we would be able to have that fullness of joy, that this season would mark a difference and a change. And Lord, that you would position us even now that maybe the jobs that we have lost, uh, the, the different things, the losses that we've experienced are only positioning us for the, the things that you have for your good plans and your good purpose and your good pleasure for your glory. So Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing. And I pray just for a spirit of joy upon my brothers and sisters and families right now in Jesus' name. We love you. We thank you that you came. We thank you for the good news, for the great joy for all people in Jesus' name. We're going to enter into a time of worship through communion this morning. And Pastor Micah and Sigrid Simpson from Plaza Bible Church in Anaheim, California, invited our church to lead their church into a time of communion. So we want to say aloha. Good morning. Good morning. Merry, Merry Christmas. Mele Kaliki Maka. And what's so special about them and this time is, you know, Pastor Micah and Sigrid and their whole family uh, enjoyed a season with us. They're a part of our church. They are absolute gifts to the body of Christ. And you know you're loved if they are willing to leave the paradise of Hawaii to serve and pastor over there at Anaheim. So um, Paul says that there is a worthy and an unworthy way to receive communion. Not that we ourselves are worthy or unworthy because we are unworthy, but the way we receive it. If you grew up in the Roman tradition, uh, you might refer to this as the Eucharist. Uh, it's from the Greek word Eucharisteia, which means I give thanks. So embedded in the meaning of the Eucharist is this idea of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, that we come before the Lord, that the fruit of our lips give Him thanks, knowing that over 2,000 years ago, God came to this earth. He lived the perfect life we could never live. He died our death on the cross that we deserved, but He was raised from the dead so that you and I could have eternal life. So when we come before the Lord, we want to examine and to make sure that we are thankful, that we examine ourselves and confess, turn away from sin and run to Jesus. And so with that, we're going to have a special time of interactive communion. And what we're going to do is we're going to recognize God's work in our lives when we receive the bread. And Renee and I will uh, walk you through that. And when we receive the cup, we're going to um, understand and recognize uh, the person that we're doing communion with, all right? So Paul says, For I received from the Lord, which I now deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, he took the bread. When on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat of this in remembrance of me. So before we continue, let's 
uh, open up in prayer. Father, we do remember, O oh Lord God, your sacrifice. We do worship you and thank you, God, for who you are and for what you've done. I pray, O oh Lord God, that you would search our hearts. Lord, we turn away and confess anything that we have said, done, or thought that has grieved your spirit. We ask that you make us clean. Lord, we thank you, God, that because your body was broken, we can live in wholeness. So as we eat this bread, would you give sustenance and grace and strength for your people? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Renee, this is the body of Christ that makes you whole. And this is the body of Christ that makes me whole. And I'm just going to recognize um, the work of God in my life. Um, just that this season has been nothing uh, like I expected, but um, I'm just thankful for the Lord sustaining me and giving me joy and um, grit in this season. So this is the work of God in my life. And John, this is the body of Christ that was broken for you and makes you whole. This is the body of Christ that makes me whole. I recognize God's work of perseverance and endurance. This has probably been the roughest season of our <laughs> lives, uh, in our family, in our not necessarily our marriage, but in our ministry. But throughout all that, we learn not to quit, yeah. not to give up. Um, James says we're to count it all joy when we encounter various trials because the testing of our faith produces endurance. And that endurance runs its course, it produces character. So I recognize God's work of endurance and character in my life. Renee, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And I'm just so grateful for just the woman of God that you are. Uh, you've just absolutely just shined in your heart for um, Jesus and your heart for the family, the kids, um, just homeschooling them and um, have so much grace and patience for them and rearing them in the way of the Lord and just uh, helpmate, especially during this season. I don't think I would have been able to go through it without you. So grateful to God for you. And this is the blood of Christ that was shed for me. And John, this is the blood of Christ that was shed for you. And um, I just want to uh, encourage you uh, to say, keep going. Amen. I know, um, you know, as you have just shared briefly, it hasn't mm -hmm. really been an easy season. But um, just to see you continue to be faithful to the things that God has called you to do and to continue to work with integrity, um, regardless of, you know, what's happening around, um, to not have a faith that is um, contingent on, you know, the seasons of life that you're just, you know, so steady in Christ. And I thank God for your life. I thank God for who you are. Um, and I just really thank you um, for loving me and putting up with me. This is Amen. the blood of Christ that was shed for you. It's the blood of Christ that was shed for me. Amen. So church, uh, we just want to invite you to take time with your families. We're going to just play some soft music and we'll put the script up for you. But this can just be a really precious time where you call out the work of God in your spouse's life, in your children's lives. Maybe you have aunties or uncles or grandmas and grandpas that are watching with you. Um, call out the work of God. Now, this is not a time where we, um, we prescribe or we say, um, 
things like, well, I really wish you would just be better at this or that. But this is the time where we describe the work of God. It should Amen. be an encouraging movement. And then when we take the cup, we want to make sure that we are calling out the work of God in ourselves, that God is doing um, the work in us as we receive the bread. And then when we give the cup, that we're calling out the work of God in Amen. our loved ones. And the Bible says that we will overcome the enemy by what? The blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony. Amen. That there is power in our testimony when we declare the work of God and when we seal it with the, the meal of communion. And so we pray and hope that this will be a special time with you and your families. Okay, so go ahead and let's go and enter into a time of communion. <laughs> 